This episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film. From award-winning masterpieces to festival-fresh gems, movies you've been dying to see or ones you've never heard of before, there's always something new to discover. For a limited time only, during the Cannes Film Festival, you can try Mubi for three months for just $1. Till the end of the festival on May 25th, go to mubi.com slash filmcomment to claim the offer. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash filmcomment for 90 days of hand-picked cinema for just $1. Heard about Ovid? Ovid.tv is the new film streaming service for people who love documentaries and arthouse films. The Ovid catalog includes work by Chantal Ackerman, Claire Denis, Patricio Guzman, and Chris Marker, Bill Morrison, and many more. You can watch their films on Roku, Fire, Apple TV, and of course their website, www.ovid.tv. That's O-V-I-D dot TV. The Film Comment Podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Walking on Water, a documentary about the artist Cristo and his creation of a floating installation in Italy, his follow-up to The Gates in Central Park. Walking on Water comes to theaters starting May 17th. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. This is the beginning of our Cannes Film Festival podcasts. Uh, we will be doing one every day as long as we are still standing. Uh, early in the festival, we are fortunately full of energy and pep and excitement about the days to come. Um, we're going to start off with just a preview of some of the movies since we haven't really seen uh, a lot so far. Uh, although we, we have just seen the, the opening night film. Um, Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. And I'm very pleased to be joined, uh, as we did last year, I think. Uh, we also did the preview together, I think. I think we did the preview together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll join by... Amy Taubin from Film Comment. Uh, and I'm Nick Rapold, Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment. I think I forgot to lead with that. And uh, I don't tired. know... We're tired. We are tired, even though we've, we try to fortify ourselves with with a little bit of a snack. Um so we're just going to run through some of the movies and maybe double back and talk a little bit about Jarmish. Unless you want to just mention a little something about the Jarmish now. Or... Well, we just saw the Jim Jarmish movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Nick just, I think, was given the okay <laughs> to post on the website the yes. interview that I did with, or a tiny, tiny piece of the interview I did with Jarmish mm-hmm. in New York because... Yeah after being told that he really didn't want to talk about this movie in advance, and maybe he'd come over to the, uh, um, the place where he always gives interviews mm-hmm. and uh, talk for 20 minutes. And he talked for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, but he really said that he hasn't really seen it on the screen. Mm. One of the things that's really remarkable about this film um, is that he it was shot in seven weeks. And when you see it on the screen, it is extraordinarily beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and it has a large cast. It does. And timing is essential. Yeah. And not only did he shoot it in only seven weeks, he only had Adam Driver, which is one one of the two lead actors, 
uh, Adam Driver, he had for three weeks. And Adam Driver and Bill Murray are the main characters in the movie. So yeah. I'm just kind of amazed it's done at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're terrific. They have, they're basically the, I guess, it almost looks like sheriff and deputy of this small town of Centerville, uh, which is almost like, a, I don't know, like a Lynchian, <laughs> just kind of common well, name. Well, it's weird. Did you think that, I mean, did you think as soon as Bill Murray says, uh, you want to swing by the diner and get some coffee and donuts? <laughs> but Jim made this movie, Jarmish, Coffee and Cigarettes. Oh, right. Which yeah. is all about coffee and cigarettes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right at the beginning, I think it's a Lynch reference to show you that there's nothing Lynchian about this movie at right. all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, has it's, it's, yeah, it's almost as if Lynch has cornered the market on, like, small town and, and small town America and coffee references, but it's true, yeah. Um, but it's it, that's almost an example of also how the movie is almost like a you know classic American independent all star cast mm -hmm. and is dotted with 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 references as well. Uh, and it's um, yeah, it is referential and self-referential, but um, I think it's very interesting for them to have put it opening night. I don't even know that they knew what they were doing in the way that, or maybe they weren't, the way that I perceive it. Because it, this festival is full of big, florid movies. And one of the most florid, we are sure, will be the Tarantino movie. Mm -hmm. And um, and Nick just reminded me that Tarantino did indeed make a zombie movie. Um, and I think that this the Dead Don't Die, the Jarmish movie, you know, it's like someone throwing cold water on the whole festival to yeah. have this opening night because it just undercuts everything. Yeah. And and even, I mean, even as an opener, it's it kind of seems like, oh, they did a fun, offbeat, like, you know, genre movie for an opener, but just the, the trajectory of the movie is just <laughs> relentlessly, like, slowly circling the drain until we... I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and just yeah, it it's goes to really that point. dark movie. Yeah, well, it's, but at the same time, feeling for the most most of the time that it's actually pretty light, and and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then the lightness just turns into a grayness <laughs> and, and 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 a bleakness, which is kind of yeah, it, that kind of snuck up on me. Definitely, I have to say, I was surprised by that. Yeah, it snuck up on me the first time I saw it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also beautiful yes. and I thought that well it looks radioactive um, and the reason it does is they were shot day for night almost the whole time really so yeah okay. so it's all lit day for night and actually funny we were talking about Lynch because it's Lynch's DP or well, frequent DP. oh Frederick but on, on Blue Velvet at least right I think. yeah but he shot the last three, three. or four Jarmish movies yeah, yeah. Fred Elms so common a common common DP for them, a, a DP in common rather. Well, maybe we can look at the the lineup that it's kind of taking the air out of uh, in a good way. I think it's good for something like like that to happen. Usually, the opening nights aren't so memorable, um, to to be honest. Um, it's hard to think back and 
find a memorable opening yeah. night. I mean, I actually definitely liked the De Plachin that opened once, even though apparently it was in the wrong version, but I, I, I still liked it. I don't know if that's the wrong thing to do, but I did. Um, but everybody knows last year was just something you, it, it, I don't know, seemed to concede the point that most people would be falling asleep. <laughs> doing it. Yeah, and then um, more often than not, the opening night films are out of competition. Right. So it was really a weird thing to see the jury. I mean, they have this right. quite tacky opening night ceremony. I, it's sort of mesmerizing. I don't know if we've talked about it before. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people forget about it. It feels like a weird dream you had, basically. Yeah. Because they have this MC guy who does like this running kind like of this comic banter, mm -hmm. which just, it, there's no stopping it. <laughs> and they began, and it was great that they began with the empty chair of Agnes Varda on the oh, right. stage. And so there was a kind of tribute to Agnes Varda, and yeah. they showed a little bit of uh, Cleo from Five to Seven, yeah. where the lead character sings this song about, um, you know, without you. It's a kind of famous oh, yeah. torch song. Mm -hmm. And so they had this singer who's called Angel. I, I've I, never heard of her, but here she's probably quite famous. Yeah. And she does have a remarkably sexy voice. Mm -hmm. And everything that she did on the stage undercut the idea of Agnes Varda and Cleo and what the festival is trying to right. put over in terms of a new woman and a new image of women. Right. It was extraordinary in that way. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know, and then the presenter guy kept having these little miscues and, and, and odd little things he was saying. At one point, I think the clip reel cut him off. I heard him say, oh, I got cut off by the clips. Um, so yeah, it's an odd, and they and then they introduce the, uh, the jury one by one, and they each kind of shuffle up and sh shuffle up, and then shuffle to the side where they have this kind of couch area. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if there's any equivalent in in, in, in uh, any American festival at least. But the Jarmish cast, which is extraordinary, were really wonderful on the carpet. Oh right, um, yeah. and. Largely because you want to have Bill Murray mm -hmm. in your life when you have to do horrible things like yeah. pose on the carpet. Yeah. Um, I saw him whispering into Selena Gomez's ear. <laughs> I just thought, words of wisdom, I hope. <laughs> words of comfort. See, we, you can't say we don't, we don't cover the red carpet here. <laughs> That's probably the extent of it. So that, that, I mean, that was the opening night film, The Dead Don't Die. Uh, and I guess starting... It's basically been the last couple of years, or maybe just the last year, where the opening night film was just the only film on that first day. Before that, you would have some other films. So that Festival in Earnest doesn't start till the next day. And Oh, I have to say one more thing. Oh, yes, please. So now that we're doing color in the festival, um, so I was outside waiting to go into the Jarmish movie, mm -hmm. and I always try to get places early so I can get a good seat. Mm -hmm. And there were people trying to go to their usual space because as this is like a prison camp in certain ways <laughs> i mean it really is um you have to stay in your proper line and you get yeah. scolded and um yeah. or your proper herd and jarmish talks constantly about people being sheep oh, and yeah. you're very good sheep here in can or you 
get into a lot of trouble. Um, That's true. So, but these are all new guards, and they had no idea where people were supposed to go. Right. And they also were late getting the signs <laughs> that you put up that tell people where to go. And on top of that, maybe they're trying to save money because they put two signs on one <laughs> stick, a back and a front, yeah. forgetting totally that if you were coming from the other direction, right. you would see the wrong side of the sign. Yeah. And so people who were there early like me were just saying, well, in the middle, to the right, and running in herds to get keep their place when you yeah. arrived at the other side. This was not good. This yeah, did not all go well. Yeah, no, it was. It, yeah, it was kind of carelessly using the power they have. They would turn the sign, and people would move somewhere else. <laughs> you know, they, they at the drop of the hat. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, let's let's hope they uh, iron out wrinkle, wrinkles or whatever. There are also what I call a comforting number, of police and military. Oh right, yeah, here. and more barriers than I've ever seen here. Yeah, I mean, they put up. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, and they're also still as diligent as ever with the bags. So um, yeah, and now to the films. And now to the films. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Jarmusch, you could group a number of films in, in terms of genre here or self-conscious use of genre. Um, Dead Don't Die being a like a, a bleak <laughs> zombie film. Um, and then the, on the next day of the festival, we have the new film by uh, the Brazilian filmmaker Kleber Mendonça Filio, um, Bacurau, which I had read described as a, a genre film of some sort. I, I think it was a science fiction film, but it just, I, I can't quite piece that together yet from, from the clips. Um, but that's one. And then you have, you know, two or three detective or police thriller-ish things. The De Plachin, uh, a movie Les Miserables, which is a feature debut in, in, in competition. I mean, even the, the Cornelio Poromboyu film, which is his first film competition, is is a I, I mean at, least, at the very least a detective story, The Whistlers, which is based around a whistling dialect, uh, which we just got a glimpse of in in, in the opening ceremony clip reel. Um, apparently, you can whistle the word um, "mama," so you learn something on the job. Um, but those are some that that come to mind. Have I missed any in terms of genre-like things? Um. Little Joe. Well, I completely forgot about yes. Little Joe. Yeah. I know nothing about Little Joe, so you have to do it. That, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to yeah, it because me too. I, Jessica Hauser, and I like her movies very much. Yeah, me too. I, I guess this one, it has what sounds like kind of science fiction, you know, almost body snatcherish premise. It's a doctor who invents this kind of orchid, which has positive effects on people, but then maybe they're not so positive. Um, and, and again, the clip that, that we saw was a close-up on this orchid, which, yeah, I guess is a threatening orchid, but we'll see. But yeah, that, that has a kind of otherworldly potential pr premise to it. Um, and then, of course, I mean, the Tarantino is a right. genre film. Yeah. Once upon a time. What is it called? Once upon a time in Hollywood? Once upon a time in Hollywood. With, yes. And once upon a time in Hollywood is can't tell how much the Manson family figures in it, right. but the murder of Sharon Tate certainly figures in it. Right. And I think it will be interesting to 
see it and think about it in relation to Mary Heron's film, which isn't here. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just going to mention. I'm glad. Great. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Just because they that's just been released in New York, almost like a preemptive release. I mean, I think. Well, we 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 had um, Mary Heron for a film comment talk, uh-huh. and she definitely, I think, as soon I think she said something like, as soon as she heard news that this was on the horizon, actually happening, she said, you know, we got to make this now, and I'm glad she did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Once Upon a Hot Time in Hollywood. Well, you know, it's kind of just him like driving directly into the face of of criticism that he's a person who just ultimately makes movies about movies. This is. <laughs> pretty, you know, pretty direct in that. Maybe the Manson family, he's, he's, you know, keeping as his like, you know, gruesome, you know, centerpiece, set piece, perhaps. I'm kind of tickled by the, the casting of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Brad Pitt as Leonardo DiCaprio's like stuntman. I just find kind of amusing. It, it seems like a funnily like self-effacing thing for one giant star to do with another giant star. Yeah. And if you look at, um, you know, not what's on the screen, but what's around you in Cannes and how mm. this is being capitalized on. It's very interesting because the stars of the Quentin move, Carantino movie are in the, I forget how you say it, Breitling Watches, B-R-E-I-T-L-I-N-G, and they're lined up in that ad. Oh, really? um, looking <laughs> like they wished they were in a Tarantino movie from much earlier. <laughs> and and the Jarmish people, it's more like they're decorating fashion sites. Right. Um, especially yeah. Chloe. But, you know, the way people's images are used in Cannes are really interesting. I don't think that stuff travels to the U.S., Mm -hmm. but in France it's really important. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's also interesting that, you know, if if this is 25 years after Pulp Fiction, the different, what a difference 25 years makes. Yeah. And it's interesting that Cannes, featuring Hollywood in that way, I think there's definitely a tension here between having to show films and sort of participate in the, the awards calendar, but also despising that they have to even recognize it because it's a, cause it's a basically a, a rival authority, mm-hmm. you know, in the industry and in the culture. So it's ironic that, you know, one of his like <laughs> great, great heroes co-created by, by, by can through with Pulp Fiction is just, <laughs> is centered on Hollywood. But I mean, I don't know. It's a different Hollywood. Actually, it's a TV Hollywood, actually, right? Because they're TV, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Ovid is supported by eight of the most respected names in independent film distribution. Bullfrog, Degenerate, Distrib Films, First Run Features, Grasshopper Film, Icarus Films, Kim Stim, and Women Make Movies. And from now until May 31st, use the coupon code CAN, C-A-N-N-E-S, at checkout and save 50% off the monthly subscription price for three months. That means you get Ovid.tv for just three fifty per month for three months. While the masters of international cinema grace the Crossette, Mubi brings the best of Cannes to you. This month, stream highlights from the festival's past with Mubi's annual Cannes Takeover series. This year's impressive lineup includes Palme d'Or winner Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days, as well as Amores Perros from this year's jury president Alejandro González Iñárritu, plus career bests from Cannes heavyweights Gus Van Sant, Hirokazu Koreeda, Takeshi Miike, the Darden brothers, and many more. 
Plus, if you sign up during the festival, you'll get three months for just $1. From now until May 25th, go to movie.com slash filmcomment to claim the offer. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash filmcomment for 90 days of great cinema for just $1. The Film Comment Podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Walking on Water. This documentary portrait of Cristo boasts uncensored access to the artist as he works to realize a large-scale, floating installation originally conceived with his late wife Jean-Claude, with whom he created the gates in Central Park. Variety calls it a documentary that delights in capturing the art of creation. Walking on Water opens May 17th at Film Forum, with Cristo and director Andre Paunov in person for Q&As before expanding to select cities. And speaking of TV, oh, yeah. we have someone who's out of competition, mm-hmm. who has been in competition, whose name is Nicholas uh, Winding Reffin. Oh, right. And he's here with two episodes of a new series that he's made, which sounds uh, both about Hollywood and maybe about zombies. Too Old to Die Young is the name of this series. Uh, And what I find hilarious is that he's also teaching a master class. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's the sort of thing like maybe if you were like a tiny festival you do in order to get someone (laughs) to come. It's just, yeah. Uh, But he is a Cannes star. Yes. I mean, he is a totally... He is a filmmaker who's totally produced by Cat. Right. I don't think anyone else would have taken him seriously, and you can think what you want about that. Yes. What is it, two episodes or four episodes? I don't know. I guess on the model of they've shown Twin, uh, Twin Peaks, they've shown the Jane, Jane Campion, Top of the Lake yeah. here, so along those lines. So, the, yeah, that's happening, and... There, I mean, there, there are also a few films. I mean, speaking of like filmmaker cults or, or, or filmmaker self-consciousness, there are maybe a couple of films about filmmakers. Um, one of them the, uh, is the Pedro Moldovar movie, uh, which by all accounts is, is pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one more than almost anything else besides the Dermishville. Yes, yeah. Um, it's funny that it's funny that something can, you know, I mean, he, I guess he regularly premieres his movies in, in Spain first, but that doesn't at all take out the, the, the air of it when it gets here. Um, but it's Antonio Banderas plays a filmmaker, very closely modeled, uh, on experiences, I guess, in, in, in Pedro Moldovar's life. And also I think really trying to capture the mood of a certain time in Madrid and what happens for people who grew through, grew up through that time and, and where that um, lands then. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually more or less opens the weekend, I think yeah. in the timing. So there's a lot of confidence being given to it. Little Joe also, I think is a, is a weekend film. I was sure. I'm particularly yeah. looking forward to Maddie Diop's film. Yes. Um, she, you may know her as uh, an actor in Claire Denis' 35 Shots. Shots of Rum, and she's the young woman who gets married. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and she's a wonderful actor. And of all the clips we saw tonight, I was most interested in the clip from her film, which was just a tiny, tiny clip of some kids on the street. Yeah, um, it was very brief. Uh, or felt very brief. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious about that. 
And I mean, she did one of her short films was was had the same title or a similar title, right? Atlantique, I think. Yeah, and I think maybe it was developed here in. Oh, okay. Um, there's a kind of short film development into features strand of this festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, is that's the Cine Fondation? Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a pretty reliable gateway into Cannes. I guess a number of people have have figured figured that out. I think I think uh, Bull was also uh, by is is one of the films in in the festival that also was uh, that the director um, originally started Annie as, Silverstein. Yeah, started as with a Cine Fondation short, Son of Saul. I think he also he also did. So another way of I guess cultivating their own their own kind of stable of talent. And you know, the festival has been chastised in the past for the small number of women, and I don't want people to chastise us because we've mostly been talking about guys. But I am looking forward to Maddie Diop, and we're both looking forward to Jessica Hauser. Yes, Um, for sure. And there are others. They have more films by women than in the past. That's yeah. all you can say. Overall, yeah. I mean, there's there's the same just weird stubbornness about the competition, which just doesn't... Uh, yeah, about about gender and the competition. Um, but e- even so, you have uh, Celine Siama uh, has a new film, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's set in the 18th century. It's about a, a painter who's commissioned to do a, to do a portrait of... A, I guess a, a good, a, maybe a young woman who's just about to get married. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure it's a bit about portraying someone and that kind of bond between an artist and their subject. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and then another French filmmaker is another um, um, uh, woman in the, in the competition, uh, Sybil Justine Trier. Uh, sounds like a psychological thriller. I couldn't figure it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting process trying to glean uh, what a movie's about. Let's see what else have we have we have we uh, to mention? I mean, there are people here for the upteenth time, happily with the Dardenne brothers, uh, young Ahmed, Xavier Dolan is also here again. Again, <laughs> um, and Bruno Dumont is here again. True. Yes, um, with with another film about Joan, Joan of Arc. Arc. Yeah. Speaking of stubborn. Uh, he just won't quit with the Joan of Arc. Let's see, past past people uh, that are back include Abdelatif Kishish or Kishisha, I'm not sure. And she's in. Um, that's Mektoub. I'm talking uh, the the director. Ab, Ab, I don't know how I'm pronouncing his name. Abdelatif Kishish. Oh yeah. That's oh, the Mektoub uh, director. No, I'm thinking of Adele. Oh no, Adele. Who Adele from his first movie is here or yeah. his or previous movie yeah. is here in another film and she I can't is. remember what it is. Adele Adele I now has done like the festival equivalent here of like hitting for the base for the cycle in baseball <laughs> a little bit, I guess, because she's in like a competition title, a Critics Week title, and a director's Fortnite title, I think. Um, all three of them. All, all of them I'm eager to see. I I mean I mean two of them on the strength of her being in it. Um, so yeah, Adele I now Let's hope that she uh, becomes the face of this festival edition. I'll just go ahead and say that because I, I don't know. I like like her as an actor. And I don't know. I feel like we've covered virtually. I, I don't want to leave out The Wild Goose Lake um, by the direct, by the director Dao Yinan, uh, who did Black Coal, White Ice, I think uh-huh. it's called. 
at the which won the Berlin uh, yeah. Golden Bear, yeah. uh, which I thought was pretty dazzling. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a filmmaker where you're each sequence you're kind of excited about what he's going to pull off, you know. Right. Oh, and we can't leave out Bong Joon Ho, who has a film here in competition that I couldn't tell anything from the cliff, but we think it is a kind of dark genre film, but probably not science fiction, although the title is Parasite. That's we true. think it's a cop thriller or something like that. Yeah, this one, I think it's 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 a thriller based upon the plot that I, that I saw is two families. So there's mm-hmm. a poor family, poorer family that is, uh, I, I guess the, the son becomes a tutor to a, a rich family. And so it's very much like a domestic thriller in the sense. I have a feeling that it might be based a lot around just their two houses mm-hmm. and maybe especially the probably absurd, mm-hmm. you know, villa or whatever that, that the richer family lives in, in um, which is an interesting way of reeling it in for him. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, his earlier films before they uh, became kind of sci-fi, and I love the sci-fi movies, but I really love Memories of Murder. Oh, yeah. Which was such a great film. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's more of a psychological thriller. And that actor is is in this film as well. In this film, yeah. So, yes, the Bong Joon-ho screening, at least for the press, on the same day, as the Tarantino <laughs> film. And the Dardenne film. And the Dardenne film. So it's a... It's, yeah. Triple play. Yeah, it's kind of a can All-Stars day. Um, and that same day is the competition debut for Iris Sachs, Frankie, uh, starring Isabelle Huppert. So. Mm-hmm. And I also just want to mention... There's a Love Diaz film that's four yes, hours long. There's a Love Diaz film that's four hours long. Um, in only, the, yeah, the fortnight, and that doesn't come up till very late in the festival when everyone is exhausted, and then you can, yeah, <laughs> just settle in for a long winter's nap. No, I mean I like Love Diaz. I like Love Diaz too. Tough, I think it's it's a tough place to schedule yeah. in, but I mean that that seems to be the case. It's an, it, you know the Mektub My Love colon Intermezzo is four hours long. Screens for the press at ten a ten p.m. Um, uh, I, I don't know what the logic is behind that. And, oh, only a can would a Terrence Malick film somehow be lost in the shuffle. But this is the long-awaited and, as, as typical for his films, long-speculated-about film um, about a World War II conscientious objector, mm-hmm. um, A Hidden Life, previously titled Radagund, which sounds like a code name for like a military operation, uh, appropriately enough. So... That's that's something to speculate is whether he'll show up. Uh huh. I'd like to see Terrence Malick on the red carpet. I can't remember when when Tree of Life was here. I can't remember. I think he did show up, yeah. but he didn't do the carpet. Didn't was do the that carpet. it? Yeah. So was, he did show up once. He did. Yeah. yeah. He showed up. He he wore a sheet for the carpet, so no one could recognize <laughs> him. So that is, I guess that's it. I think we actually went through everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't. In, in the competition, at least. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's plenty more directors. Fortnite, a Bertram Bonello film, uh, Zombie Child, uh, TBD, whether whether that is, in fact, as zombie-centered as it sounds. And what other highlights are there? I mean, in classics, uh, there's a restoration of uh, The Shining, ah, Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah. And in this context, it's always interesting to see uh, certain of the 
restoration, especially when the genre of them is so mm -hmm. close to the genre of a lot of films in yeah. the competition and, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think there's often a, 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 a not always noted it's little echo in the classics program for mm -hmm. what's showing. Mm -hmm. I, rem I remember actually with Son of Soul, the same year they were showing the roundup or something like that. Some, some sort of also very, very fraught. I mean, in that case, it kind of also draws an explicit connection in terms of the influence there. And there are also a couple of Bunuel films that mm. have been restored. Yeah. And uh, Los Olvidados has always seemed to me like a zombie film. Which one? Los Olvidados. <laughs> yeah. This is true. <laughs> I'm really in the zombie mode. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, I think... Um, we, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about all these films once we've seen them. Um, but I just think it's always helpful to, to get a bit of the lay of the land. Uh, Amy, is it, you mentioned a couple that you were definitely looking forward to. Um, well, Maddie Diop. Maddie Diop. Deflechon, because I'm always looking forward to Deflechon. Yeah. Uh, and Bong Joon-ho. And Bong Joon-ho, yeah, for sure. And what are you looking forward to? What am to? I looking forward to? The question uh, of the hour for me. Uh, I... Looking forward to the Poor and Boyu movie, just because I, I I just like the idea of a big spotlight on his on his movies, which are these kind of brain teasers, mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know I I like that. Uh, well, I think he's another director like Jarmish, who really undercuts. Yeah. 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 Which is something you need at this festival. For sure. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's that is really true. I mean. You know what? I, I have to say, like, after after every year complaining about one thing or another, uh, about the competition or about this or that, um, it's an it, interesting selection. It's an interesting combination of things. The, 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 obviously, there are deficiencies you can still point out. But even just something like that, Amy, that you're pointing out, that, that is, I think, a really interesting use of counterpoint in, like, festival programming. I mean, there's something else about Can and... You know, this is kind of inside of baseball a little bit. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that people who are producers do here is they use can to make an announcement about the future and they use press releases. And I've seen people just go absolutely crazy at their staff because the press release wasn't ready on time because it had to be pitched, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I'm looking at my email and I have a press release about Raymond DiFolita's new film. He has a new film. It's in the market, and it's going to be released in New York in July 15th. Oh, okay. And since it's a tiny film and it's being released by a not-so-big company, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known a thing about it if I wasn't in Cannes. Right. So, that is true. Yeah. So that was a successful yes. use of the platform. Yes. Raymond DiFolita made uh, City Island is the one I like. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City Island. And a lot of others, and a lot of docs about jazz musicians. Uh, he, okay. His father was a famous jazz musician. Okay. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm a huge fan of City Island. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that is the one that. I and, and it's not called Two Family House. Two Family House. He okay. makes he makes working class American uh -huh. family movies. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice that we can get a spotlight on that. I kind of like ending like that. Why don't we just end like that? Okay. <laughs> that's a good good place to end. Uh, and uh, you'll be hearing more from the Film Comic Podcast. Um, check back every day uh, for the latest. Uh, we're going to get some sleep. <laughs> we uh, sure are. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. 
This episode of the Film Comment Podcast was sponsored by MUBI. With MUBI, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. Dive into MUBI's can takeover by heading to MUBI.com slash Film Comment. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash Film Comment to get three months for just $1 until May 25th. In the new issue of Film Comment, Jordan Cronk describes Ovid.tv as the first streaming service whose selection of contemporary arthouse films may prove to be its primary draw. Use the coupon code CAN to save 50% off the monthly subscription price for three months. The Film Comment podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Walking on Water, a documentary about the artist Cristo and his creation of a floating installation in Italy, his follow-up to the gates in Central Park. Walking on Water comes to theaters starting May 17th. You've been listening to the Film Comment podcast with music by Greg Einge. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comment is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, arthouse, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment. Or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle.